Hello, everyone. It's Craig Shoemaker. You know that because you downloaded it. By the way, speaking of downloads, pass the word around about our show. It's a. It, we hope that it's different. It's light. It's called Enlightened Up. Our slogan is we all need to enlighten the fuck up. And our the guests that we have, it's all about fun and spiritual growth, personal growth, and an alternative to what's out there. There's a dark world out there, and it's just we're bombarded with it, these images and this fear, this the scare tactics that they all use. It's been going on for centuries and since the beginning of time, but it just seems like it's so much more now with social media and all kinds of media. We, we're, we're being pummeled with it, and it's now become part of our consciousness. So we're the alternative. And I have someone on who, geez, I mean, we, we go way back, literally way back. I want to get right to it. Um, I'm going to give him a different introduction than he would normally get because we do have a personal relationship that started. Kenny Loggins, Kenny, I have to thank you right away because my whole career changed because of you. I mean, literally my Ho- whole- Hopefully for the better. I would definitely say for the better. Uh, what, what do you got? Need to hear this just a bit. But, oh, need, 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 put up the headphones there, Gordon. We need more headphones. Just to touch more. He, the guy has been around a lot of monitors. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't – I'm not hearing – there it is. Thank you. My friend uh, – Oh, while you're at it, can I have a cup of coffee? My, my friend – do you really want a cup of coffee? <laughs> yeah, I actually do. Get, get him a cup of coffee. We asked you that ahead of time. So uh, Brian Johnson, my friend from ACDC, actually lost his hearing from – I mean, you're doing Danger Zone and these rock tunes. It must hurt your ears eventually, right? Yeah, you have to be very careful about – how you approach your monitors. That's yeah. <laughs> you have to have a good monitor. But I, I worked with Hall & Oates on the road for a while, and, and Daryl has the loudest monitors on earth. Really? Yeah, and and it's like you can hear nothing but his voice, which is huge. <laughs> yeah, Mike, he's Mike, got... And Mike McDonald also had the loud monitors. You That's know, interesting. I, I would wear would... the in-ear monitors. I would wear the in-ears and turn them off <laughs> 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 so that I could stand anywhere near him. That's so funny. That leads to a question I have for you. I'm, we're going to go all over the place with this. I want to get back to my gratitude, but I just called Oates yesterday to ask him, what's the inside word? I literally left him this message on why Kenny Loggins is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was asking him for, he hasn't called me back yet. Yeah, because he doesn't know. He doesn't know the answer to that? No, we don't, we don't really know. There's no way, there's certain people, I don't even want to name them, that are in there with like two hits. You have like 900 hits. <laughs> and so what's your theory? on it? It's like now it's pissing me off. I want to make some campaign some protests. Well, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> <laughs> you probably shouldn't say the reason. <laughs> the reason, but uh, I heard Political. I heard yeah, I heard years ago that Jan Winner said uh, no way would Loggins and Messina ever get into the into the Hall of Fame and I think that uh, that included me. Well, so well, it must have because you're not in and yet you've had this huge solo career after after Loggins and Messina. Yeah. Yeah. So when but did you I'm guys- not sure that's true. I just heard that. Yeah, well, it could be. There's a lot of... All signs point to yes, as the eight ball used to say. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to get to the bottom of it because <clears throat> I know, by the way, they campaign, for instance, Cheap Trick. Mm-hmm. I watched that Rob Bartlett is a comedian. He also... Maybe you need the comedian, me and Chris Titus, who also used to open for you. Yep. Maybe we should lead the campaign. I guess. I don't maybe know. they'll listen to us yeah, outside of the music business. You know, I've, I've had to reconcile it by just not giving a shit. That's true. Yeah. I mean, by, by the way, you, so you don't really – there must be part of you that – and we all have that. you got a little bit of envy. You go, well, how, why that person? You know, I see castings and I go, why them, not me, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You must have a little bit of that. I'm not sure if, if it's a political issue that I haven't just been willing to play some game that I'm not That's aware right. of. That is, you know, I'm not in the Songwriter Hall of Fame either, which is more surprising to me. That's ridiculous. I'm going to make a call on that one on your behalf. Okay. <laughs> What's your plan? I want to be your agent. I'm really good friends yeah. with Paul Williams. Just introduce yourself as my mother. Paul Williams. <laughs> my very first day on tour, I met your mom in the airport, by the way. Uh-huh. She, I think she was from Seattle. And we, That's we right. Both, we both met that, and I, and I didn't know who you were, really, when we were, <laughs> it was opening for you. And then when you started with these hits, I'm going, I know this guy. My God, he's got nine th- – every single song, I'm going, I know these songs. I still, that still happens. I'll play a show. And people will come up to me after the show. We were talking about the meet and greet line. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, I didn't know you wrote all those songs. Or I didn't know you performed all those songs. It's like, yeah. And there's one I'm, after I, I guess I was the best kept secret in show business for a while. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to give you all my theories. Hall of Fame, I'll give you my theory, is um, 
not rock enough for them. Right? Yeah, I, my my theory on that. Enough. But Hall of Fame was built on this whole Elvis Presley kind of persona. Sure, it's the James Dean Rebel Without a Cause yeah. that was the the anti-establishment stance of the early rockers, and and then rock evolved into that sort of James Taylor era. And mm. I came through during that time. Yeah, where Danny Song, you know, is very much a, a an acoustic, obviously an acoustic. Sure. Folky. Well, there was that era: Cat Stevens, Harry Chapin. Yeah. And, and all of those, I think very, very few of the artists from that era actually morphed into the Hall of Fame. Well, Cat Stevens did, yeah, as as whatever his new name is, I forget, I forget what it is, but um, yeah, he's in, and by, by the way, understandably so, he's really great, great artist. Did you have influences that you said, "Wow, that that's a career that I want"? Yeah, I, very much so, because when I was starting, um, Danny's song was written for my brother Danny. And and it captured the collective imagination. Mm. And I realized that if I write really introspective things in, in that style and really let myself get into whatever the feeling was, I could continue to capture that audience. And, um, and so I, I started to cultivate that part of my writing more. And that was really Paul Simon and, mm. and, and McCartney and Lennon McCartney in many cases. Sure. Um, you know, songs that... Like Bridge Over Troubled Waters, for example, which is anthemic. Yeah. That's the kind of song where you really hit a nerve. Yeah. And that's what you wanted to do. You, so, you so set that I, intention for yourself. Right. You're young 20s, and you're going, this is what I want to do. Right. And I want to I want to follow, because they were like the trailblazers of that. You know, Joan Baez and even Bob Dylan. Jo- Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. I mean, Carole King. Yeah. And I mean, the more the more insightful. By the way, the best music ever, we have to say. <laughs> this, this, this was the era of the best music, wouldn't you say? I mean, this is like. Oh, that sounds like my dad saying I, <laughs> Bing Crosby was the best music ever. I mean, it may be, but I, I Listen, think it's subjective. There is, it is subjective, but I can guarantee you that anyone after, say, 1985 or give you Madonna and U2, there's nobody that's that sustainable that's going to go on for centuries like you and all the artists of that era of the 70s. There's, you, t- tell me one. Tell me one that's going to be that sustainable. Taylor Swift? Maybe. Ed, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think this is going to last for decades and decades where they're playing the hits to this day. I don't think so. Yeah. I could be wrong. Let's I could wa- be watch the, and see. I could be the grandpa get off my lawn. <laughs> like, I could have <laughs> turned into that guy. Can I have my ball back, but, by the way? <laughs> it, just seems, it just seems to be that the music just isn't. Well, here's another thing. Remember liner notes, you know, on oh, yeah, albums, of course. right? Yeah. You would know who was in what band. You were in other bands other than, right? I mean, but you would see. Well, yeah, Loggins and Messina at the beginning. No, I thought you were in Poco. No, that was Jimmy. Oh, I didn't know that. Jimmy was in Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, I really Poco. did my research. Yeah, good, good job on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we only toured together for a year and a half. I didn't. Okay. But you wrote for, did you write for Nitty Gritty Dirt Band? I wrote at the beginning. I was 17 when I, wow. when I met the, the Dirt Band and. Showed them the stuff I was writing. They recorded four of my tunes on a that's, yeah. Uncle Charlie album. That's amazing. I mean, so you're writing for Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, but that that was an era where you knew the musicians. Mm-hmm. Today, you couldn't name except for maybe Slash. I'll give you Slash. I'll give you a few others. Well, Craig, but that's it, the it, drummer that went it, over it, to this band. That's the drummer that went to this band. But right? this is not this is not your music. This you're, <laughs> you're not following these bands the way my my son my my okay. 29 year old follows rap, and he okay. knows all the rap. The, I don't know the players in that world. You well, know, that's not the oh, world I, know I the, follow. I know the guy that scratches those records. <laughs> oh my God. That's perfectly good vinyl you're ruining here. <laughs> I mean, how do they? They don't have that. Do, well, I guess they do. They must have. Oh, that one worked on this one. A lot of it's engineers, though. Now, it, it, not it, as there's a lot to musicians. of there's a lot of sitting in going on now. That that uh, a singer will perform uh, maybe the singer's record, and a, she'll bring in a rapper right. or something. Or rappers will bring in singers, or, or rappers will bring in other rappers. And so, all I'm saying is, there's a culture there that you know nothing about. But there's no bands that are breaking up now because there's no bands, right? I mean, less, are th- less likely. Yeah. Yep. So this is, I, I just think that's obviously it's an era gone by, but I, I think the quality that you get, even doing it on vinyl, 
Isn't there a big difference with that as well? I mean, isn't there – can't you hear the sound, how different it is? Not anymore. Really? <laughs> I can't even hear you right now. This, this, guy's not, this guy's not even defending his own business here. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, I'm trying to get him in the Hall of Fame, Songwriters Hall of Fame. I have all these theories on why. I'm going to call Paul Williams. He's the head of ASCAP. Can that help you get in the Songwriters Hall of Fame? I know. I had a, a friend of mine ask Paul, you know, why isn't Kenny Loggins in the Songwriters yeah? Hall of Fame? And he said, he's not. Oh, okay. I'm calling Paul literally <laughs> he after didn't, we get He didn't off know here. that. Yeah. He's um, – so, yeah, Paul Williams, obviously legendary songwriter himself. He's going to get you in. I called Oates to get you in the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm going to call Brian Johnson, ACDC, all my rock friends. But you were the first – let me see. Yeah, you're my first rock friend or music friend because we toured together. Peter Pomerantz, our friend Peter – was your travel agent, Right, saw my act, and he said, you know, they're looking for a comedian because Chris Titus had done it the year before. Right. And I was so afraid. And then when I heard the stories of how they tortured Chris Titus, who was like 19. Yeah. <laughs> they did a horrible I, thing. I wasn't in on that. I know you weren't, but your crew was. And then, yeah. So then they went after me, but I think they saw right away that I'm from Philly and I'm not going to take that. <laughs> so the very first time on stage, well, Chris Chris Titus looked like Opie. Yes, he did. He was so, and he was so young when he opened for you. I remember yeah. running into him in an airport, and he literally looked like post traumatic stress syndrome from working <laughs> on your tour. But it wasn't you at all. No, I know, and 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 he should have toured with Fleetwood Mac. They they were much tougher. Oh. Not not the band, the crew. Uh, yeah, see, they, they, it's like this I, is what... I opened for first meet Fleetwood Mac. You did at the beginning of Rumors. And I went out for an entire year as their opening act. And that's really what broke my career. And it also realized... Other than you, of course. That's when you came to realize how nice you should be to your opening acts. <laughs> <laughs> the crew doesn't believe that. Yeah. The, the very first day, you know, like you're in your dressing room. I don't even know you at the time. And the crew takes me, this one guy. Actually, he was from Caesars Tahoe. And he says to me, he points to the, he takes a flashlight and he puts it up on the clock and he goes, you go one second past 20 minutes and we will come with a hook. Can, I would, I, and I, this is before I'm debuting on the tour. That could, have, that could have been hilarious. Though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something worse happened. Two things happened. This is opening night, so understand I'm opening for the great Kenny Loggins. We're about to maybe go on tour together. Literally, the Back to Avalon tour. Ah. It was a whole tour that was about to be set up, but you better do well. So I'm already already a little nervous. A little. So now someone hands me a note during my act that's going pretty well. And it said, you're really funny. This is what it says. You're really funny, but I thought you wanted to know your zipper's been down the entire time. <laughs> and I had those Cavaricci bulgy pants anyway. So said, that went didn't go well, but I called attention to it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I hear this. Oh, my God. They're trying to get me off. It turns out you have some sort of like a thing that was going off. Like it's a... It's it's something it has to do with the keyboards. Like you know, oh, there was some sound ele- electronic glitch. It, so so glitches were happening. I'm going, oh my god, I'm bombing. They want me <laughs> off right now. They said then they apologized after that was not intentional. But then we end up touring together, and I have to tell you the I don't know if you experienced this on tour as being the star. It is a little different experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're treated differently. You go ahead of us. You know. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're busing. You're planing. Whatever it is. But a lot of times you were there as well. What, what is your thoughts about um, that when you go on tour? What's it, what's your experience like? To me, it was like summer camp, and it was really cool because I'm I'm like you. I'm the headliner, you know, normally as a comedian. Yeah. So I'm kind of like the star, but here I'm not. So it's like you're with the crew, and you're it's like summer camp. But what's it like for you being the the owner of the camp, if you will? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Traveling on the like a bus tour, yeah, you know, it's I get to pick my bunk first. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I made a rule during the elections that no one would watch a, a political stuff on the TV on the bus because oh, your... we had divided allegiances. You know, wow. divided you... political allegiances. That was going on back then. Yeah, jeez, oh, and okay. stuff like that. So, but but really, there's not much difference. You know, yeah. we get in it. Five in the morning, bleary-eyed, get off the bus and try to find our hotel room. I remember, I remember going through some hotel at five in the morning, just lost in the hallways, yeah. thinking I was going to my room, but I was so asleep that I just walked and walked and walked. 
I remember running into you late at night in Memphis. Looking, looking for a room? In Memphis, yes. We were looking for, and, and other things we were looking for. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we found a pool. And we, I broke into the pool. Oh, that's right. That Under, was an in, underground pool. Indoor like the, pool. The secret. Uh, uh, I was wondering if that was you. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I think there were guests. We had guests alone. We had guests. And we said, where are we going to go? And both of us ended up in this underground pool. I found you wandering in the lobby. I said, Kenny, come on. So we ended we ended up down there. But that's, that's what's really like, it was, see, understand, comedians, have you ever written a song about a woman? Do you have any songs like? Oh yeah, of course. Tell me, tell me one that like like a hit that I would know. Like you know, there's Sarah Smile from Hall and Oates. What do you have that's like your top women song? Like it's about someone. God, that's a good question. I mean, the ones I wrote, the ones I wrote were early on. I I don't think I ever actually had a hit. About, really? about a woman. That's so surprising. Yeah, um, most do. Danger Zone probably was <laughs> was about a woman. Well, it is flying into the danger zone. Yeah, it can be. And the, and the Kelly McGillis is Danger Zone. Is that really what it's about, by the way? No. Okay. <laughs> you could have run with that one. I could have, yeah. The whole flying that, you know, it's no, very I phallic, the plane and all that. Shot it down. Yeah, shot it down. <laughs> so what I noticed on tour with you is, like, the women, women, it's crazy how much women love. And and there was always hot women in the front rows. I, I think it was, You were there in the right era. I, <laughs> I remember going, I was backstage with Jeff Bouchard. Do you remember Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was backstage, and this was like 10 years ago. And he said, God, Kenny, you used to have the most beautiful audience. Whatever happened to them? I said, that's them. <laughs> <laughs> They're just grown up. <laughs> right. I went to a concert once with uh, B-52s, and you know how they have that song Rock Lobster, and the oh, whole yeah. audience goes, down, down, down. Literally, they couldn't get back up, up, up. <laughs> and they couldn't go down as far either. Right. Their audience ate, they ate ages. But I noticed with your audience, Al Silfen, I believe, would pass out passes. He would go to the back of the place, find hot women, and give the passes to, so I learned that trick from you, or from him. Oh. Because you want attractive people, light-hearted. In the front. In the front. It gets you going. It it kind of hits your loins, right? Makes you perform better. So to speak, yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Isn't that true? I mean, this is a theory that a lot of musicians have. Yeah. You know, I have a story around that idea. Yeah. Um, that uh, that I just I just finished my memoirs yesterday. We just shipped in the manuscript to the publisher. And one of the stories was that during my divorce uh, with the second wife, <clears throat> I uh, was having a rough time of it. And um, so I stacked my show with, with songs that would speak to me and would you mm-hmm. know, be more to sort of the word is minister to yourself. You like know, conviction to, to the heart. Well, the uh, heart. like I've had a song that I wrote with Mac McDonald years later called uh, It's About Time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the chorus was just if it's about if it's about life, if it's about love, if it's about something, mm-hmm. it's about time we get started. And the lyric was the opening of the song was uh, I shed my skin and set aside this self-made darkness to walk on into the light. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of this prison I've been calling my life. I finally found out that gates of hell are locked from the inside. Mm. And um, so I used that song mm. to. Uh, open my show with, even mm. though people didn't know it because mm-hmm. it was on a, it, the It's About Time album, mm. which I ended up making myself. Sure. And um, so I had all the songs in the show were songs that ministered to me, but I go out for this opening number and I'm singing the song. The audience doesn't know it, which is very difficult for an audience to hear a new song as an opening number. Sure. And I'm normally feeling like this connection right off the top. And I'm feeling that this is just not working this time. What's going on? Mm. And so my fallback was, because you were referring to it in the old days, my fallback was to find a beautiful girl, make that connection, and then build out from there. Yeah. And uh, so that I can sort of go to square one and, and make some kind of get through that invisible wall. Yeah. And I'm looking around, and I'm not seeing anything that, resembles a beautiful woman that I can sing to. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Truck drivers. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I see this pair of eyes light up on stage right. Uh And I think, oh, there. 
and I look over to the right, and it's about a 10 or 12-year-old girl standing in front of the stage, holding onto the edge of the stage and bouncing and just having mm -hmm. a terrific time. She's totally blissed out. She's mm -hmm. right there where mm -hmm. she wants to be. And in that moment, I make a, a connection to that person, mm. which was totally caught me by surprise in that way. It was by just sure. to rest assured it was not a sexual. No, connection. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it was just a heart connection that happened. Boom, and her eyes literally lit up to me. It was mm. like like on fire. And then I noticed another pair of eyes light up, and another pair of eyes. And I'm so I'm scanning around the room, and it's not the norm of thinking that there's going to be a beautiful girl. Blah blah blah. It was like just regular people. And by the end of that song, I had 85% of that audience, their eyes were lit up. And, wow. and then at the end of that song, I got a standing ovation. Wow. Because the, the connection had been palpable. The connection. And yeah. from that point on, the show was a success, you know, because yeah. that, that was really what it was built on. But you reminded me of that only because the old habit of trying to find a pretty girl sure. and, and yeah. you make that connection and you get a little more confident. And, and, and by the way, you, this connection you're talking about is more of an ethereal connection. It's a, it's a real connection. It's an authentic connection to your heart. It's an energetic and heart connection. And you're present for whatever it is. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter if she's 12 years old. It doesn't matter if they're, they're 100 years old. No. It's, it's that connection that you truly feel. This is why we do the show called Enlightened Up is because mm -hmm. we really do need to have this enlightenment. We need to seek this much more than we're seeking everything else, all the outside stuff, all the anger, all this trying stuff to be right. Been, we've been taught to, yeah. Yeah. Taught to do. I, I, it's funny you should say that, but I teach, I you know, coach. And one of the things I say is we're programmed from birth. We come out, these light beings, these beautiful, artistic, creative beings, and then they start telling us to shut up, get in line. Uh, my new book is called Get Out of Line and Into Alignment because you get into alignment with yourself, your true source, and that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where things get like you had those yeah. moments because you're in alignment. You have that kind of confidence to be able to take that in. I think it's the the nature of, of being uh, an introspective songwriter Yeah, that <clears throat> I had to um, to find that place where I could make a connection with a listening audience mm -hmm. and and where the music then becomes their music and not just mine. Mm -hmm. And I think over the years, I have enough material that does that, that, that I've sort of trained myself to, to be able to make that connection with my music. Yeah. Well, some of it comes from pain points as well, and obviously that one really did. Yeah, that, that blasted me open, that whole period of time of, of recovering from a difficult loss, yeah. divorce. I remember running into you then. It, it was like a different person. You were hit by this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I lost a lot of weight. If you look at the, the Loggins and Messina 2005 reunion tour. Yeah, right. Uh, That's when I saw you in, in, oh, yeah. in Florida. I had India. lost – I wasn't eating. <laughs> it's yeah. on the divorce diet. You kind of like – I hadn't seen you in a while. You looked at me like, uh, like I'm in pain. You know what I mean? Like you admitted it. Hmm. So part of the cathartic experience in the writing is – to deal with your pain in that way, which yeah. is great that we have the outlet. I want everyone to know out there that we all have the outlet. We all have this creator inside of us. Hmm. Been we've been created from the creator that has, we all have this. It's just that you and I and other people that we know access it a little easier. Yeah. Do you remember when the access point took place when you started to, well, to listen it, to this, it this was really, voice, literally this voice within? I call it the muse because it's, yeah. it's a creative aspect of myself that I was not aware of. I, I became aware of it by being creative. You know, that it was the thing that pulled me to it. Yeah. And yeah. so Danny's song was, was a song I wrote from my heart as a gift from my brother. Yeah. And, and then it suddenly becomes adopted by the audience as their song. Mm -hmm. And... It's, I know at the beginning when, when Columbia Records, I was on Columbia for many years, and they would write about uh, a promotional piece about a new album. They would avoid saying personal because they didn't want to say this is a very personal record for Kenny mm -hmm. Loggins because then people, they thought people would go, oh, well, I'm, I don't give, care about that. I don't give a shit about, <laughs> you know, I don't want that. I want something that's more Universal, but the greatest things are personal. That's the thing is. That's that, the BS that we're in this Hollywood business. That's create. They're they're handling the publicity 
without speaking to us, without understanding us, without connecting with us. There's nobody from the publicity department with lit up eyes. (laughs) They're lit with dollar signs and they're thinking, which is the best access point to dollar signs? What do we think the people want? What do they think they want? In the meantime, we know what they want and they want truth. They want our truth. And exposing that Mm -hmm. truth is what they connect with. On a whole other level, especially music, it's a shared. It's a shared energy. We, yeah. When when I can get into my own process, whatever that is, yeah. and really speak from my heart about what I'm perceiving, that's where we we all come together because we're all basically in this life together. Yeah, we're, we're all, all going one. through the same we're, shit. We're all one. That's that's the point of this show as well, or the point of my life is let's get to be all one and not find our division points. Right. Not find the ways to be right and stuff. I have a curiosity. So I was coaching, mentoring your son who worked with me, your son Cody, and you came to a show that he did, Mm -hmm. and you saw me for the first time in years. I'm wondering, when you were watching me, did you think to yourself, this is what I think when I see musicians now. I never used to think this. Oh, we're very much alike. What we do is very similar, more than you would think. Comedy writing and exposing yeah. and all that's it's the pain. essentially getting to the, to the uh, crux of the matter. That's right. The closer you can get to the bone, the, yep. more, the yep. more people go, oh, yep. my God, I never thought of that. And yeah. it's the same with, same with yeah. music. If I can really nail something lyrically yeah. that's true, my true emotion, people are going to go, wow, I felt that way too, but I couldn't, didn't know what to say. I know. I didn't know what to say. What, honey, honey jar stuck on his nose. I mean, I really, <laughs> I have felt many times my, my honey jar was stuck on my nose, but <laughs> well, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's why you're a very special person, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when you're watching, then we'll get to your son. When you were watching me, did, was there that connection? Did you feel like there was this, you know, well, this guy's expressing himself for me, with me, we're all one? I, I have to admit, I, I wish I could go with you on this, but r- what I was really sitting there goes, this guy is way funnier than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> thought, we, Many people have said that. Right. Well, listen, I was a kid when I was opening for you, and I was doing like... Pee Wee Herman getting a, a breast caught in the Wheel of Fortune. I mean, this is <laughs> anything you could come up. But come I remember up with your, the bit in Tahoe. The bit that got the funniest laugh was how cold the water was. Oh my God! Do you remember that bit? I couldn't believe I had the no pun intended balls to do that <laughs> bit because I thought I had to be clean. But that was what was great about your audiences. They did accept me. Yeah, you know, going over the on the edge. I didn't do the Love Master back then, but I, what I did do was I developed the Love Master on your tour. It's another thing I'm grateful to because I hung out with everyone doing these characters. Another character I did on on the best of reel, they did it like a reel where everybody made fun of each other. I did this character, this old guy talked like this, I said, Kenny Loggin. And, and he did this whole thing that he used to tour with you and he's the only survivor. <laughs> so whatever happened to Kenny Love? <laughs> he choked on a vitamin. <laughs> Couldn't stop doing that vitamin. And he put, put in there, he choked on it on poor Kenny. We tried to revive him. He couldn't get that damn vitamin out. <laughs> so, so in honor of that, by the way, I just, at the last second, I have a new vitamin sponsor. <laughs> oh, do you really? I really do. I said, you better get me this product because Kenny's coming in. My big memory of you. I don't know if it still takes place. You were so into vitamins that it became part of our of our reel that we did mm-hmm. that was making fun of everyone on the tour. And that was my bit that I did, old brown shoe. They'd say, oh, what's Kenny up to? Oh, you die choking on a vitamin. It's probably going to come true, too. So, so do, <laughs> oh, so you, oh, you are still I into still, vitamins? I still do it, yeah. Yep. Well, these are called uh, these are molecular hydrogen. It strengthens your immune system, promotes detoxification. What in the world? Miss Thang just walks it. Do you know this is Caroline Ray? She's the greatest comedian like ever. Oh, I thought you were. No, 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 no. Way bigger, more, way more famous. Alec Baldwin Rose killed it. But can we get to you? Are you in a hurry? You have a funny Kenny Loggins story? Oh, no. Oh, great. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to take my seat, and you're going to tell the story to Kenny. Okay. Is that what you want to do? Oh, you already have. Oh, Gordon's oh, telling me in the headphones. Oh, there, there we go. We're already ready for you. You look gorgeous, by the way. We're supposed to have an illusion. We're supposed to have an illusion that these are done on different days and are live. But now they're going to know. That the episode you're on coming up, I saw that dress already no, on the Kenny Loggins episode. Over and over 
So you have a Kenny story? Everybody has a Kenny story. Yeah, put yeah, they're called headphones. I'm sure you know what they are. What are they? And this is Kenny Kenny you're Kenny talking. Caroline one reason she's not a household name she doesn't know how to use a microphone is, is that, <laughs> she doesn't know how to use a microphone so helpful. she truly is one of the greatest comedians out there but she took a side route of acting which is the smart way to go uh-huh. so she's Aunt Hilda on Sabrina she's on all these shows she's on her own talk show anyway she's coming in later but she wants to tell this no. is typical for her by the way she just, <laughs> just barrels right in no I didn't want to miss him because <laughs> I actually opened for you in Alaska. Oh, really? You did not. I did. I did. Yeah. And you were tortured on the same flight that I was on the way back. And I don't know if you remember this. We were on a tiny plane and this woman kept on saying, we have a famous person on board. We have a famous person on board. And I'm so codependent. At first I was like, is it, is it me? And then they were like, a very famous singer is on board. And, and th- there were like 20 people on this flight. And then I was getting more and more. And, and then she kept on, she'd say, he wrote a very, very famous song. Daddy's song. I'm like, Danny, Danny, it's Danny. It's not Daddy, it's Danny. And then I literally almost broke into song just so that she would not continue to torture you. And yeah. then she's like, hey, we're on a plane in the danger zone. I'm like, oh my God, you have to stop. There's only 20 of us on the plane. This is so awful. And then um, she, you were... You, you actually never succumbed to it. I don't know if you remember being tortured like this. I hope I slept through it. No, you were awake and gracious, but she, it was the worst thing. And she sang all the songs. She did not. Oh, no, she did like a whole. Uh, I, I, well, that's I, what you call a captive audience. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry can, about everybody. You can leave I'm if you right. want to. You can leave if you want to, but you will fall 10,000 feet. <laughs> hey, we're almost landed. We're going to celebrate. We're home. <laughs> anyway, I was like, I just felt bad that you were on that. Anyway, that, that's my Kenny Loggins story. That's when this it. flight was over, they go, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> Do you remember that crazy trip to Alaska? No. There's no. not a shot that he not remembers. Not a shot, no. No, not a shot. no. No. Okay, well then I'll quickly and briefly say that you are literally... I listened to House of Pooh Corner so many times <laughs> that the couple below me broke up. That's how bad. <laughs> it can be a stressful song for some people. But, yeah. okay. But what? Your lullabies are like the most... I Like, with my daughter, your lullaby album was it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That was it's the most beautiful. Maybe you should do the interview. I know nothing about the lullaby no, album. No, the lullaby album and when you sing the way you sing the Rainbow Connection and then you say He does that song too. Yes, and when you sing Paul this Williams, particular one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. When you did that particular thing like um have you been half asleep when you've just had a baby and you sing that particular song and you're already Kenny Loggins, you're already in my head from every song. <laughs> it, it makes you weep. So that's it. I'm going to go back into the other room now and have yeah. potato chips and pretend. I make her weep in a day. whole other way. He does. <laughs> just knowing her. I made Paul Williams weep with that song. Really? Yeah. Because, it's such because a beautiful rendition. I Thank you. I, I left the bridge out because I felt that it didn't need it. Uh, and instead I put an instrumental in that area. And... So when I, I've talked to Paul, you know, a few months later, whereas his co-writer on that song was sent me a note and said, that's the best version I've ever heard of our song. And a lot of versions of it, too. Yeah. Because originally it was a Kermit the Frog song. Of course. And Kermit would go, what's so amazing that keeps us stargazing? I didn't think that was a very pop move. Hmm. So I changed it melodically there. Yeah. But Paul said... So, Kenny, thanks. Uh, why'd you leave the bridge out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I said, well, I didn't like it. What's that little... Maybe that's why I'm not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, <laughs> he's not in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. What? I swear to you. Or How? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What that's crazy. What are you crazy. talking about? Is that nuts? All right. You, look, what? all you have to do is tell Campaign Joe over here and he'll get you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. so funny you should say that. I literally called John Oates yesterday <laughs> from Hall and & Oates and I'm calling Paul Williams as soon as we're done. He's going to take your spot because I'm going to talk to him on the phone. Okay, Hall & Oates, have you ever been so in love you couldn't wait to go to sleep to dream about the one you wish was there beside you? That's a good Hall & Oates Maybe story. you know the answer to this that Kenny doesn't know the answer to his own trivia question. Okay. I asked him. Sagittarius? And I used, what are you? I used, <laughs> she's really into birth signs. I said, have you ever written a song about a woman? He goes, of course I have. And I said, well, which one? So maybe you know one because he couldn't name one of his own songs written about a female. 
My point on, while you think about that, my point on that is... I know what it is. I just can't think of it. My point is that women love musicians way more than comedians, even though they say the number one thing they're looking for is a sense of humor. It's a bunch of crap. They're never in the front row throwing panties. Tell another joke about your minivan. You're making me moist. It doesn't happen. But they do think <laughs> And they also themselves. never say moist. It's a repulsive <laughs> word, ever. So that's a terrible impression. She's always judging no, me. Honest to God. She's always judging moist me. Is up she there. told me I can't even use the word master anymore. No. <laughs> She's texted me, you can't use that word anymore. I said, I'm the love master for God's sake. It'll screw Wait, me forever. I'm going to so, leave you, but what's the, what, what is that little tiny thing? Have you been half asleep? How does that one go? Have you been half asleep? Have you heard voices? I've heard them calling my name. Great song. Great lyric. The way you great. sang it. That is a was great not music. how I just sang it. You know, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> but it did make me lactate, so you've still got the power in you. <laughs> I, uh, By the way, women don't use that word anymore. Okay? Yes, they do. <laughs> just, I just and want that's you to the know, only time they use the word moist word. is disgusting that's, lactation. That's, okay, it's ever. a disgusting it's dis- never... The Lactation is a disgusting word. Okay, I am so offended right now. I can't even tell lactation, you. Lactation, really? Okay, now I'm going to lactate on command. <laughs> just to bother you. Shoot it across. Can you, you still do that? And I, uh, yes, it's voice activated. Just I hear a baby crying like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend, Bruce Smirnoff, who actually opened for you once. I does, had, can I you had not him. remember him either, please? It'll hurt my feelings less. Okay. okay. No, he, there's yeah. no way he remembers this guy. No, I don't remember Bruce Smirnoff. And he called me from a payphone in Tahoe. Love his vodka, though. He, he <laughs> called me from a payphone. He kept going, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I said, and, he, and we go, oh, I, hey, thank you, thank you. He goes, so anyway, they shortened my time. And he goes, thank you very much. I go, there's no one there, is there? You're absolutely right, there's no one there. <laughs> he was acting like people were complimenting him. He bombed so bad. He ended up, they trimmed his time down to one minute. And here he is, Kenny Loggins, good night. It was, it was that poor Smirnoff, yes. But, but the point I was making about, so women love a song written about them. Like I met Sharona from My Sharona. She goes, you know, I'm Sharona from My Sharona. She's a real estate agent in the Valley. You don't think every Sharona has told every person? No, that's not ever, true. Right? This is, she knew Figer. I'm telling you, this really was the Sharona. But there's, and Sarah Smiler. I, I met Sarah. No, through, yeah. through Hall & Oates. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, see, Daryl and and Sarah got back together again after like 30 years. Oh, my God. That is crazy. Sarah Smile. It's a beautiful song. Anyway, there's there's no women in the audience going, I'm I'm, I'm with this comedian. That's my PMS he's talking about. (laughs) Oh, here it is. Here it is. That's me. They're not doing that. They're going, that's me. They want a song written about them, not a joke. Every man that I've ever dated thinks that my act is about them. And they all go, I saw that bit you did about me. And I'm like, and you are, I can't remember your name. I certainly didn't write a bit about you. You all snore the same way. You're generic in my mind. <laughs> um, Guess what? You all lactate the same way. I asked opinion. Neil Diamond if Sweet Caroline was about me. And you he said, not. no, I didn't. I go, I was kidding. He was on my talk show. And I said, yeah. did you write it about me? And he said, no, it was just the right amount of syllables. You were crackling rose, weren't you? <laughs> I said, he said, I said it could have been sweet Calvin Klein, and he said yes. <laughs> that's a riot. Well, I look forward to seeing you. Like, I just didn't see you. Look at her. Get at, oh, that, that dress. I'm moist. <laughs> I'm lactating. <laughs> she is so funny. Kenny, do you like to laugh? Do you like check out comedians? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, actually, yeah. You were of saying course. you were at my show. You were saying I don't remember him being this funny. You were, obviously, you were laughing. I mean, oh do yeah. You, do you take time to have a good time in your life? And you know, when you're not performing, you're not, you know. Well, yeah, actually, um, you know, we always uh, Lisa and I've been together four years, and mm-hmm. we part of the quarantine was watching TV shows. Oh, yeah, and and uh, it was. Um, I'm, of course, blanking on the name of the show. It was the fella from uh, Saturday Night Live who created this character that then became the- Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. Very good show. We love that show. You know because, what I like about it? It's positive. It's the combination of heart yes, and comedy. Exactly. And so when they, they, especially the first season where they, they really they, found that yeah, balance. They hit it out of the park on that yeah. one. You're right. exactly right. I like Schitt's Creek. I got it during the pandemic- I don't know if you've seen I, that I, one. I tried it a couple times, but I couldn't get into it. Yeah, I can see why, because it doesn't really have, it's kind of like that Hollywood heart, you know, so that, but if you set that aside, the characters are just really, his son is very funny in it. Oh, good. So, but yeah, there aren't a lot of comedies now. No, there aren't. So we, we watch we, old comedies in our house, and even my little kids watch them. 
I watched Get Smart again. A Un- few unbelievably times. funny. That he, what a great character he was. He was. <laughs> would you believe? <laughs> right. He, so many things in pop culture at that time mm-hmm. were influenced by his little bits. Then they had chaos, and uh, I don't know if there's a lot of Bring like. Bring on the cone of silence. <laughs> I still use the cone <laughs> of silence with my friends if I have a secret. Yeah. And here's what we do we go, cone of silence, and we lower it. And if it's a really big secret, hermetically seal it. That's ah. our own little touch that we put on a hermetically seed co- cone. We call it the cone. Bring down the, the cone. The best part was when he brought it down, the, the boss, my <laughs> boss. Flat. Could not Jeez. hear him. <laughs> so he'd be telling him stuff. He'd be yelling what? What? into this Max, dump. what? There were so many clever things about that. Even the opening. The opening. They don't but, have openings like that now. the best part was Barbara Felden. Oh, or Felton? Was it Felton? Barbara Felden, Agent 99. Agent 99. 99? She was the epitome of the 60s hottie. Sexy 60s hottie. They dressed her in all those twiggy boots, things. Boots and, oh, the, yeah. and, and the, the hair. And I look back at it now and say, we thought that was hot. Yeah. <laughs> look again. You know what we watch in our house? Bewitched. And the Tabitha mm. was here, Aaron Murphy, who played little Tabitha. The little Tabitha. Yeah, she's she's grown up now. I she's bet she she's is. like our age. And so it's crazy. <laughs> she looks like the new Barbara Felton. Unbelievable. She, she's un- unbelievable. Sweet person. She caught all the fish. By the way, she won the fishing contest. I go deep sea fishing in Ventura. Oh, really? She won the little Tabitha with the nose. I watched the show, and it's dated because they're smoking. There's, they smoke like crazy in right. the episodes. It's a riot to see this. Yeah. But they're, it's funny. The characters are funny. And here's a big difference now. This is just like music. I'm going to these kids today. Yeah, really. You love You got to love now the stuff they're so from, the, concentrated from the 70s. Yeah, on looks. Then they had characters. This is what I like about English. The English, they're... You can age well. You can, you know, Judy Dench is still working. They're all still Maggie Smith. They're all still right. working. doesn't matter. Because that's not, they're not age-focused or young-focused. And now our society, I'll bet you you have this problem, obviously, in music. Oh, it's yeah. appealing to anyone under 40. I really, I really discovered it, uh, especially, uh, what, I'm looking for the word, that it was like condensed ageism. When I started a band with two singer-songwriters out of Nashville mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. New writers? Uh, no, it was Gary Burr. And Georgia Middleman. Gary Burr wrote 15 number one country songs. Okay. Georgia had a couple on her. Mm -hmm. And and I thought, okay, this is how we'll break through. We'll break through as writers. Right. Um, Because, you know, I love the sound of Lady Antebellum, but their material was not that strong, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, until they ripped off what's his name. So now you've got strength in so I true thought, okay, songwriting. We'll come at come at it Iconic, as songwriters. Yes. And got the chops. We, we were too old. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that would be the thing that would really hold us back from breaking through. You got to do what Tony Bennett did. Hire his son to manage him? No, no, no. He I, they, he did, worked with Lady Gaga. Well, that was later on once he was re re reachieved credibility he, in, by in, duets. Yeah. Now, how many you've done some duets, right? Well, Steve Perry, we were talking about "Don't Fight It," you know, but that was long ago. Yeah, but I'm talking about now. That would be really cool. I did. I'm going to handle did. your career, Kenny. I want to. I'm already going to get you on the Mass Singer. I want you on there. <laughs> you knew nothing about it, right? I'm going to pair you with someone who's a. I mean, can you imagine you and uh, and Taylor Swift? I mean, it'd be, she would go nuts. Wait a minute. No, let me imagine that. Okay. Good. Got I, it. You got all right? You moist? I got it. <laughs> lactated. I lactated. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your favorites now? That's a tougher answer. But actually, you know, my son, who I mentioned, uh, Luke, is uh, very much into the sort of new sort of jazz, hip-hop, jazz. So uh, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name now. Um Somebody, uh, somebody, I, hip hop. If I had my phone, I could figure it out. I love the halftime show in the Super Bowl. Oh, you did. I really liked it. That was old school hip hop, though. Yeah. I don't like the new. Yeah. I but, was just golfing no, with a friend was, of mine. This wasn't hip hop. This was more of a jazz rock Ooh, rock thing. I like that. Um, uh, not jazz rock, but jazz R and B. Yeah. And it's God. I can't. Uh, if I had my phone, which isn't it amazing? I'll bet you can mem- remember 1988 more than you can remember like yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah, that's I, that's the way it is with me. My, I'm locked into. I can tell you everything about our tour, including that it end up. I want to hear your version of the story 
This is the words that I remember. Craig, we're opening on Broadway. I was very nervous. I love singing, and I here I'm on Broadway. My mom came to the show and had my name and lights with yours. I was like, opening for you is a big deal for me. Right. I was a young kid. I was like, oh my God, I'm on Neil Broadway. Neil Simon Theater. Neil Simon Theater. You were doing a whole week. Chinese restaurant. Craig, I'm freaking out. Tris is sick. Can you sing bass? <laughs> That's what you said to me. And I go, yeah, footloose, footloose. It's okay. I sing bass. No problem. You made me rehearse the bass line over dinner. And I don't know the bass lines because I know the songs, the oh melodies. But tell people how that works. It's like the bass line's different. <laughs> right? You're talking about the bass vocal or the, the bass, bass vocal? Li- not the bass guitar. No, I wasn't playing bass guitar. Craig, let me show you a couple chords <laughs> right. here. No, this was like I had to go down deep because I'm a bar- baritone at the time. I'm probably a bass now, but. You know, I was totally fucking with you. You know, that, that you was. You were not fucking no, with me. No, there was no way I was going to pull the comedian in as the bass singer in the band. Well, well wait a second. Wait what a second. were you on? What are you on that you don't <laughs> this is one of the greatest moments of my life. I'm gonna tell you how it happened and you are wrong about this. You're dead wrong. And I thank God you have bad memory because I'm gonna be right on this because people were watching going, Oh, Kenny doesn't have a good memory. Craig does have a good memory. Kenny, you don't think I remember one of the greatest moments of my life? My friends came, they're drunk. They passed out in the so, front row. So you actually did sing? I'm whispering to them. I'm going, not funny, because they were heckling me. They're going, tell me about the time you pissed your pants in Miss Kimmel's class. Going, not funny. I'm opening for Kenny Loggins on Broadway. Shut up. So they finally shut up, and then they passed out. I came out wearing sunglasses. You taught me the vocals on bass, and it's real quiet. And all of a sudden, one of them wakes up and goes, yo, there's shoes singing with Kenny Loggins. Do poo corner, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was the backup guy. Doing Triss's parts on the vocals that were the acoustic set. Well, it wasn't Triss's parts. Because it was Triss's parts. He was Triss, sick all week. Triss never sang on that he song. He did on, on on what song? On Footloose? No, not fo- I was just doing that as a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not sing on Footloose. You did an acoustic. You stopped the show and basically did this sit down at the, um, edge, at of the, the stage, edge of the stage. Right. Right. With mm-hmm. Guy, Steve, Wood. Guy Thomas, and we're all, and I was one of them for a week because he was sick all week. I was blowing on his chest by the end of the week, going, This is fun. I hope you're still sick. <laughs> he had a chest cold, <laughs> but he's a drummer, so it didn't matter. And I came, I can't believe you don't see one of my greatest moments was apparently not one of yours. Well, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so you, but you, you did say earlier, you go, I would never have let you. You did let me. That's part of my gratitude. You not only let me, you invited me to be part of this group, and I was up there going, we yeah. the poo does. Well, that's because that's because we we were we were swimming together by then. <laughs> that's true. We're swimming and hanging. You heard in my act. I used to do the national anthem, and you knew I could sing. That's think, what it was. I think it's probably also because not to burst your bubble. Yeah, is because I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh my god! There's <laughs> bring, no way you would have done that. No, to bring you would, well, you I, would think it, I would ruin your song. No, no. I knew I knew you could sing. I knew you could sing because you sang in your show. Yeah, and so I thought. This will be funny. We'll bring the comedian into this show, and he'll sing of harmony, and everybody go, oh, my God, I didn't realize that Craig Shoemaker was a god. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that was your— That was my thinking. That was your thought process back then. I'm sure it was. It was one of my greatest moments of my life. My mom was there. My mom loves Broadway. That's why I did it. One of my, oh, I'm sure that now he's just coming up with bullshit. <laughs> right. Sure, I did it because I'm, I'm. Hey, Craig, is your mom here tonight? So you want to be in the show? Come on up. <laughs> my mom. Do you know anybody? Maybe your friends from Philly can come up and sing harmony. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it was horrible. These guys were heckling me. Have you ever had that happen in your career where old friends you know, from their, your childhood come and give you shit? Yeah, they give you shit because they go, we knew them when, and they want to take you down a few pegs. Have you ever had to take it down a few pegs? No, I'm, I'm from Alhambra. No. Uh, and most of the people from Alhambra don't speak English. I thought you were from Seattle. Originally, I was born up there. Okay. But I was seven when we came down. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little bit of childhood. But Alhambra, was, that's the place you call. Yeah, people in Alhambra don't do what your <laughs> friends in Philadelphia do. Well, Philadelphia. You're, there's a, you're a lot more colorful background. I recall, tell me if I'm wrong about this, Philly was not one of your favorite tour spots. I had difficulty in Philly. Okay. So, yeah, it, was not, it was the old W.C. Fields bit. I'd rather be here than in Philadelphia. <laughs> right, in the, in the grave. Yeah. In Philadelphia. It is a strange town, and they accept... 
I had to go there with Holland Oates when I went there oh, and, God. And, and opened for Holland Oates and then went on stage and sang with Daryl. I think that helped. That helped my image. Oh, yeah. He gives you the approval. That's oh, yeah. They're the Beatles. They're with, they were the Beatles in Philadelphia. When was this? How many? This, you're talking about early in the career? Nah, tw- 70s? 20, 30 years ago? 20 wow. years ago? It had to be 40 years ago because it's the 70s. Yeah, you know how the memory changes I know. I got that, it. You know, because our thing was 30 years ago. In 1988 and 89, we were, we were doing this No, this is definitely together. the 80s, the late 80s or maybe early 90s. Early you mean 90s. with them? Yeah. They were still God. Oh, they've, they've always been. So I want to get back to your son. So he was, tar- he was trying to do comedy. And I wrote some really good jokes with him, by the oh, way. Oh, really? There good. Was, there was, don't you remember? There was one that, about you I thought was really funny. You know, he never admitted that he'd written with – he didn't actually admit he knew you. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one who arranged it. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. So, so you were in the audience this one night, and, of course, he was nervous. He, you know, he's, not only is, a, is your father there already hard, but famous father – that he talks about in his act. So he's got the triple threat. Did going. he have to drop all that stuff that night? No, he did it. I, I'm pretty sure he did it. He says, my dad's Kenny Loggins. You're in the audience at Flappers and Burbank. <laughs> he says, this was a funny joke. I helped him write. He said, you talked about, you, you were really into colon therapy. I don't know if you still are. Colon therapy? Oh, yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah Colonics? Yeah, not as much. Okay. But at that time, he said, you imported this machine from Italy, and it's, it looked like a it looked like an espresso machine. It, it was an espresso machine, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like for colon therapy for colonics. And he says, "My father literally built his own poo corner." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. I know it is. It's a good line. It's, and he stopped doing comedy just for that one joke. He should still do that. Didn't, didn't you teach me a joke about a sliced alone? I did, and you movie. got in trouble for it. I did a little bit, a little bit. But do you it remember? Was, I, I remember still you use were, it. <laughs> I still no use, way! I, I remember still, you were angry. His line was, I got to tell you people, yeah. his, his line when we were talking about Over the Top. Over the, the Top mo- is an and, and uh, arm wrestling movie, arm, and you did the soundtrack. I did the title song. And and uh, your joke that you gave me that worked until Stallone was in the audience. That's right. I remember him. You were <laughs> mad at me because he was in the audience. You got mad at me. I said, you're the one doing the joke. You chose to do it. With, did you know he was in the audience? No. You're kidding me. No, he and his brother. It, it really did make fun of him. It, well, the joke was, you, you know, you're in, you know you're in trouble when the when the <laughs> you know you're in trouble when the song has more words in it than the movie. <laughs> and I I love the joke. Craig but Shoemaker Kenny, died re- right here Ken, on the air. Oh, I just had COVID, lung so, lung cancer. Yeah, I'm, I still have a little lingering <laughs> lingering cough. Don't you remember that you used to, I taught you how to do an impression of him? <laughs> I that was the most insulting part. <laughs> Is he called? Something like he called you up to do the lyrics, and you went, <laughs> That's what he said to you. And then the second time he how called— How could I forget that? <laughs> and you did this. I taught you how to do the impression, and you did it in front of him. No, That was no. the insulting part. I don't think I did the impression from him. You did. I dropped the impression. I know. After he saw you, <laughs> and he was not happy with it. Yeah, I got a message about that. Yeah, you got a message. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. See the problem with comedians? Everybody wants to cancel us. It's true. We, really? Everyone wants to cancel us over what do you, one joke. What, what do you mean? Uh, because Give me an example. Well, what's going on now is people don't like a joke, and they will say that joke's offensive, and they will take that joke and run with it, and then they'll go back in your history. Oh, you're, talking, you're talking about the love master. No, not, no, they don't try to cancel me because no one knows who I am anymore. <laughs> I remember when I was touring with you, and this is years ago, they told me the stages of a career. Get me Kenny Loggins. No, it's, it's no. I'm sorry. It starts with who's Kenny Loggins. Who's, who's that's right. Who's, who's Kenny, Kenny Loggins? Loggins? Get uh, me Kenny get, Loggins. Get me a young. Get me a young Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Loggins. And then who's, who's Kenny, Kenny Loggins? Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> they told me that way back then, and now it's the same with Craig Shoemaker. I, mean, I, I used to go on parts where they'd say, "Looking for a Craig Shoemaker type." That's how good things were at one time. Wow, no I'm kidding. Like, well, I'm a good type. I, mean, I, think, I, I think I can play that. Oh, here's another thing I was going to bring up. Do you know, you've heard this before, you are mistaken for Kenny Rogers? Well, yeah, whole, or, or anyone with a beard. That's right. Yeah. But, but he's also Kenny. So yeah. the woman I told you that was here, and she DM'd you because she thought she met you a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she met my friend Dave who had a guitar. And she says, I can't believe Kenny Loggins drives a Honda Accord. To make it worse, I said, well, Kenny's really coming in. Like the real Kenny, he's coming in. And she's there, yay. And she sends me a gift. <laughs> 
Gardens of Kenny Rogers. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Even worse. Yeah. We uh, used to have a bit. The, so, the tree I was in in, in uh, Nashville, yeah. Gary and Georgia, Gary tells the story of how I called him and said, let's start a band. You know, this is, you know, yeah. late in my career. Uh-huh. And, and I said, but we need, we need a girl to be, you know, a trio. And he said, uh, nothing moves a date along faster than inviting the girl you're with to be in a band with you and Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he said, but, you know, originally she thought I said Kenny Rogers. And she said, well, I really love Kenny Rogers. She played like Grace, Gracie. Oh, yeah, right. I love Kenny Rogers. But then my mom explained to me who, who Kenny Loggins was. And, well, that's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> Played it totally like Gracie. Oh, that's hilarious. It was funny. So you do the vitamins still. I guess you had to be there. I got to get back to this. Oh, by the way, Caddyshack. How did you get on that soundtrack? Caddyshack. Well, um, that was a John Peters movie. Okay. And John had the movie before that was the one he did with Barbara Streisand, Star is Born. So I met him and Barbara. And Paul Williams wrote for that. Wrote for that. Yeah. Evergreen. And but I met Barbara and showed her material that I was writing for Celebrate Me Home, oh. and and we spent a couple afternoons just delving into the material. She picked a song that would become I Believe in Love, and then through that process I got to know John, and then when John Peters made Caddyshack, he called me and said I need a song, so I came by, I checked out the movie, laughed my ass off. Yeah, very that, funny. That, that was like amazing. I wanted to write all the music for that movie. And I ended up writing four things for that movie. I'm All Right was the big one. That was the big one. That's a really good song, by the way. Thank you. And did you write it with, a, a, with like other musicians? No, or? that was one of my own. Wow, just came up in your I don't even know how in the world that happens. I want to tell one more story real quick. You did a concert here. It was really nice. You came down. It was, you know, Howie Mandel was here in the audience. We had all these people in my parking lot to open up this studio here. And Kevin Cronin from REO Speedwagon, which oddly enough, from the 80s, two icons had never met before. Mm -hmm. So you're up there doing Footloose. I actually thought you were going to jam. I have all these jams. I thought you were going to do other people's songs. Like ACDC played my wedding. They did Mustang Sally. They didn't do you right. know, right. Highway to Hell, although that well, marriage was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I should have had that played. Yeah, Danger so, Zone is my most requested wedding song. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bet. That, I flew yeah. into that Danger Zone. Kevin goes up on stage, and I wonder... I want to hear your recollection of that. And do you tell this on stage, by the way? Somebody no. told me you referenced my name in your act. I, I don't know what it's for, if it's I, for that I, story. I think I used it as a curse word at the time. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> told me they – a few people. They said, you know, Kenny Loggins mentioned your name. I don't know what it was about, but I thought it was about this story of Kevin's. On, Kevin comes up. You're already on only, stage. Only in reference to that Kevin said uh, um, yeah. I couldn't hit the high notes, so I passed. <laughs> <laughs> Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> he was offered the thing. The, the, he was offered danger zone. He said it was very light on dialogue, a lot of action. Had a guy I never heard of, Tom Cruise, in it. Right. And you turned to him. That was the best line. You go, so you passed? And he goes, I passed. And you go, thanks for passing. Yeah. And then you did danger zone in the parking lot, brought the whole place. I mean, it's crazy how musical fate happens. I always talk about people that turn down parts. Right. You know, like right. uh, the original... Chandler and Friends or whatever was somebody you know what I mean it's like all of those things but he was the original offer and then you just told me earlier five other people were yeah, offered Mick, Mickey Thomas from the Starship crazy who had that high voice and could, yeah. could hit the oh, high notes oh that's what it was part of you had to have that voice well you had it. to have that and it, plus you had to be identified with that ilk of music uh-huh. you know and I was at the time not that rock guy that right. was really Danger Zone it was Footloose and Danger Zone that shifted my image into more of a rock persona got it got somewhat it. Well, Not enough gonna, for the Hall of we're Fame. We're the Hall of Fame, damn it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Kenny, we could just do nine parts of this. I don't know if you can hang for that, but I sure could. Yes, look, this is anti-aging, anti-inflammatory. These are vitamins. They have three different formulas, you know, one for energy, one for focus, one for immunity. This yeah. is our new sponsor called High S. I have some Give me for one you. of those. No, I, have, I, I, I brought them for you. These are a parting gift. You also have a candle. Those beautiful oh, wow. candles from Ethan Cole. Yeah, it smells good. You've got it going on the Phenomenal bathroom. Phenomenal smells, exactly. You'll never know what I did in there. Every sale this goes to our charity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, maybe you were lactating. I don't know. Every one of these goes to Laughter Heals. We get a little little cut. Good. So it goes to charity. Although you're free, will not go to that. It'll make you feel good, make your pee yellow. Here you go, Kenny. Yeah. That's all yours. Thank you. And this makes a damn fine shaker. <laughs> By the way, Danger Zone, I played maracas in the parking lot. I don't know how that song was ever done without my maracas. 
hot fly. Pretty sure I forgot. The Latino version. Again, I did not forget that or Broadway or the pool in Memphis. Anyway, Kenny, this was a blast to have you here. Tell us about your book real quick. Tell us about the book. It's coming out. It's coming out. It's called Still All Right, and it's just about out now. Wow. Well, yep. when this airs, I'm going to save it for when it's out. Okay. So, so the book is out. It's actually number one bestseller in New York Times. <laughs> I'm putting that out to the universe. Right. We're all one. That's what Kenny believes. It is all about enlightening up, right? Yeah. Your songs you have, got been, it right. have been enlightening people for so long, connecting with people. Their eyes light up when they, when you sing, and just your your list of songs is so so heartfelt and so much you and personal. You've shared it with the world, and I applaud you for it. It's been awesome having you here. Thank you. And uh, I'm so grateful to everything you did for me to, to launch my career, which is nothing now, but still. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't been so sexist, you'd probably still be a star. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, Caroline will be here next, and she'll tell me all about how sexist I am. Anyway, folks, uh, I hope you had a great time here with the great Kenny Loggins. We have many shows. Please download us. Share this with people. Let people know that this is an alternative to everything that's out there, to the negativity you heard today. Even though he's a singer, we had a lot of laughs today with Kenny because he also believes we need to all enlighten the fuck up. All right. (laughs) I'll see you the next time. All right. All right.